Welcome to this episode of Once Upon a Time, From Storybook to Estrangement, hosted by Lynn. I have lived as an estranged parent. I will always love my adult son and my adult daughter. And I thank them for getting me to this transformative place in my life. So join me now for my own Once Upon a Time, my story of estrangement. This is Lynn from Once Upon a Time, from Storybook to Estrangement. By way of career, I am a professor, author, and entrepreneur. By way of a lived experience, I identify as an estranged parent. Let me start by saying my lived experience as an estranged parent is, without a doubt, the single most difficult experience in my lifetime. My healing journey continues, and this podcast is one step in that journey. Hello, everybody. I am with another special guest. Today on Heart to Heart, I have Randy Flood, co-founder of the Men's Resource Center of West Michigan. Mr. Flood is also a parental alienation expert. And if you've been following my podcast, you know that I always have our guests introduce themselves. So at this time, Randy, would you introduce yourself to our audience? Well, thanks. Thanks for having me on, Lynn. Uh, We've had some conversations to preface this, and it's been exciting to anticipate this conversation today. So um, yeah, the director of the Men's Resource Center. I founded, co-founded that with my co-author Charlie Donaldson, who with whom I've written a couple books that we might talk about later on. But um, that was in 2000, and, and um, I had a center in Grand Rapids, Michigan, that I um, directed, and he worked uh, the center in Holland, Michigan. And since that time, uh, Charlie has retired. And uh, the Holland office is no longer there, but I continue to operate the Grand Rapids, Grand Rapids office, where we offer specialized consultation, counseling, and coaching um, for males, young men, men, older men. And we see men as a special population, just like you see um, Latinos or women's issues or African-American issues, gay and lesbian issues. We, we see men having a particular experience growing up in culture and society with what we call male socialization that trains them to have unique mental health struggles, unique behavioral struggles, relationship struggles, problems with emotional intelligence, perhaps. And we want to offer men um, specialized mental health services, counseling groups, and then coaching services to meet their particular needs. And we've been doing that for, like I said, since 2000. We got staff. We've expanded. We're doing online counseling and coaching now. And the pandemic really accelerated that. And working with people all over the country and some people outside the country, Australia, Great Britain, and and such. Randy, that was a great introduction. Randy and I are talking about stigma, trauma, and relationships. That's interesting because some of the parents that I work with 
guiding them through their estrangement from their adult son or daughter, I see for some a victim mentality. Yeah. They want to focus on blame as opposed to their internal journey and how can they be a better self and look at this estrangement as a signal, a signal to maybe I need to look at myself. So that's, you know, very interesting parallel. Mm -hmm. So even though you've, you've gotten this criticism about emasculation, your, if I have the dates right, your center has been open for 22 years. Right. That's a long time. Yeah, it is. A, it is a long time. And, and, um, and again, it's early, early in the center's foundation, we, we did get a lot of court ordered clients, you know, from kind of a course referral. Um, and we had a lot of our guys, because again, remember my, my story is that that's where I began working in a forensic setting and working mm-hmm. with court ordered guys. And so a lot of times, you end up working with a segment of guys who are court court ordered but then more now the you know i would say used to be like 25 percent were voluntary and 75 were were court ordered and then now that's completely swapped and wow. we are we are now working mostly with voluntary clients that are not that are coming in rather than from a court order and so that's very satisfying to see that that evolution that yeah. also sounds like a societal and, and or generational shift. Yeah, just more permission. Um, and then our reach has improved with the internet. And, you know, you say people walking through our center, you know, we now are through, through the advent of telehealth or able to access people. Um, and sometimes for men, that can be another way of overcoming the stigma. There's this idea of, walking through a therapist's office and who might see me or whatever, but the privacy of their office or their car or their home, they can click into a Zoom session with us and have a specialist who works with men um, right there to work with um, via telehealth. And then they can even access going into a Zoom group and working with other men mm-hmm. around, you know, to talk about important things from nurturing dads groups to, um, domestic abuse, anger management groups, pornography addiction groups, and um, just men's support groups. We have a parental alienation, parental alienation father support group. Um, so we have a lot of, a lot of, a lot of services available for men. And I want to definitely get to the parental alienation, and that's what drew me to your website and to your podcast. And I want to go back to the the men's needs and their healing, and I want to tie in. The whole idea of of trauma, I would imagine that some of your population, some of the men that come to your center have been traumatized some way uh, by some event. And you've also talked about trauma in your podcast. So I really want to talk about how do you address men? And I know this is a very general question and, and it really probably requires more specific answers, but how do you address men who walk through and have been trauma traumatized? Are they even aware that there's trauma that's in their body? Uh, I would say that men don't initially talk about coming right out of the gates, talk about um, trauma as being their primary issue. Uh, Cause again, there's, and again, not to say that zero men, there are some men who do, but um, again, trauma is, is something to be ashamed of. 
Mm. Even if you re- remember um, how we used to look at um, war trauma, um, and there was a time where it was um, called shell shocked, um, mm-hmm. and that there, there was no recognition whatsoever about psychological and emotional trauma. It was basically the physicality of being close to bombs and and guns and all that chaos cr- created like a brain concussion or something, and it was that kind of a more traumatic brain injury that affected psychology. And then it became in the Vietnam era, war fatigue. (laughs) (laughs) And then all of a sudden, you know, desert storm and some of the, we started coming up with post-traumatic stress disorder, basically recognizing that, wow, war is emotionally traumatic for men. Um, And some men are do well and are more resilient and others don't. And so I think there's something historically Uh, about sending men a message that if you did experience trauma as a child, you were sexually abused, bullied, you were neglected by a substance abusing parent, um, whatever it might have been, that a real man sucks Mm. it up. A real man gets through that and makes and rises above it, comes out of the, you know, the Phoenix and and, and comes out of the ashes and and develops himself into a a well-made man. And so there's difficulty with men being able to be honest about trauma and the mm-hmm. emotional effects it had on them. Um, and so that, that, is, that is something that we, uh, we hear men talk about trauma later in therapy often. They'll come in with a presenting problem, porn addiction, let's just say, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden, months to a year in therapy, they start talking about their own sexual abuse as a child. And they never came in the front door identifying that as an issue, but over time and building that relationship, having some safety and having other guys in a group perhaps talking about it because they're further along in their therapy. And then all of a sudden they say in an individual appointment, you know, Randy, my uncle sexually abused me when I was five years old. And like you learn about it later. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. But that's a lot later, and this is not a criticism at all of of the patient or the client, but that is a long time. I'm sure they feel safer, safe way before that, but there, there's this months, you said, a year, where they, don't, where they feel safe enough or they begin to feel safe enough to say, this is what happened to me. Yeah. Yeah, there's a... There's, there's something about the safety of the relationship. Um, they l- start learning stuff about, you know, this idea of revisioning masculinity and say so they start hearing, hearing um, greater permission that it's okay to, to talk about these things. They hear other men, like I said, who've been in the groups longer than them talk about it. And then that gives them a sense that, okay, I, I think it's going to be okay for me to talk about this. And sometimes it can be guys, like I said, can talk about it right on the front end and others within months and others, it takes quite a while. Yeah. Is yeah. this primarily for them an internal journey? Do some of the men want to say, you know what, I should have taken action against so-and-so because now it is something that has been so quantified and, and, and so specific in the laws today that the, the laws are much stronger 
than they were when these events might have happened to somebody? Or is this primarily an internal journey, the journey from within? Well, it's, it's, it is an internal journey, um, but it also, um, trauma affects, you know, our emotionality, our psychology, our, our self-identity, all that stuff that's internal, but then that plays out in how we do relationships. Mm. So how we define relationships, the mm. way in which we connect, you know, that, that relationships requires vulnerability. Mm-hmm. And so a guy who has tr- unresolved trauma or hidden trauma, they're not going to want to get close to another human being because getting close makes you feel vulnerable. So we have guys with hidden trauma with, you know, sometimes that we discover that are in a domestic violence program, Mm -hmm. they might've been raised in a home that was violent where they were abused. Um, And so there's something about being in an intimate relationship that triggers that vulnerability. Like I'm not going to let someone have power and control over me. The only way I feel safe is that I have the power. I have the control. And so they protect themselves with power and control tactics that manifest sometimes in abusive behavior. Um, But you got to get eventually to their own trauma so they can heal that. And the pain that they are carrying is oftentimes past. If you can't talk about it, then you act it out and you pass your pain to your family members, to those you love. Hence, Hence the name of our first book, Stop Hurting the Woman You Love. Um, which was a book written for men who struggle with abusive behaviors and helping them break that cycle. What a great title. Yeah. The conversation continues with Randy Flood, parental alienation expert, on our next episode. Once Upon a Time, From Storybook to Estrangement, are my own stories of my lived experience. This is not intended for counseling, therapy, medical care, or crisis care. Thank you for joining us. Until next time. Each estrangement journey begins with honesty, hope, and healing. Please join us again on the next episode of Once Upon a Time, From Storybook to Estrangement.